You're listening to the Stir Crazy Month limited series as part of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This first annual month-long event through the month of February focuses on the key short-term rental business pillars of safety, sustainability, trust, insurance, and regulations. This event could not happen without the support of our sponsors, and we need to give a special thank you to Proper Insurance for putting their full support behind this online event. Proper Insurance know that short-term vacation rentals don't fit into one insurance category, so Proper developed a speciality insurance policy that covers both commercial and personal use for your vacation rental. The question is, are you covered? Contact Proper Insurance today to get your questions answered. Click the link in the description of this episode to connect with the team at Proper for a no-obligation chat. Let's get to the good stuff. Here is the ringmaster behind Stir Crazy Month and your host, Heather Bayer. This is week two of our Stir Crazy Month event, and the topic of trust is at the forefront of everything we're doing this week. Chris Morn of IPRAC is at the leading edge of the campaign to encourage owners and property managers to earn the trust of their guests, particularly when asking them to make a direct booking. In this episode, you'll hear exactly what you need to do to get them to trust you and your business. This is the Vacation Rental Success Podcast, keeping you up to date with news, views, information and resources on this rapidly changing short-term rental business. I'm your host, Heather Bayer, and with 25 years of experience in this industry, I'm making sure you know what's hot, what's not, what's new and what will help make your business a success. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This is your host, Heather Bayer, and I'm super excited to be back with you once again in week two of our Stir Crazy Month. And today's episode is part of Trust Week, the second week of the month. And in this month, we're highlighting the parts of our business that are pivotal to success and sustainability, whether you're a single homeowner or a property management company of any size. So these pillars of safety, trust, insurance, regulations and sustainability are the foundation of every short-term rental or vacation rental company. And without attention being paid to them, you're at the risk of business collapse at any time. True, these are not the bright, shiny aspects of being a short-term rental operator. It's like that beautiful new home with the gorgeous landscaping, the extensive decking and very expensive front door. The listings and photos are fabulous. They make the place desirable for any guest. But if the place has been built without sufficient attention paid to the foundations of the building, it is at risk of falling down. So earlier in January of this year, a tornado ravaged parts of Panama City Beach. And a widely published photo showed a beachfront vacation rental property that had been toppled off its foundations. And it got me thinking about an experience I had years ago when we contracted for an extension to our own home in Ontario. And I watched in fascination as the foundation was built with rebar and the concrete being poured. And it took quite a while. And while I was watching and I was pondering on the cost of something that would be unseen, you know, you don't look at it and say, oh, that's that's a gorgeous foundation. Does anybody do that? Anyhow, the building inspector then came along and said it wasn't deep enough. The foundations had to go down through the bedrock. He was adamant that the work was necessary, even though the contractor was arguing that what he'd done was sufficient to meet code. 
So, of course, we went ahead and did the work required. And in the end, I sucked it up. We were happy. We had a strong building that would save us from any issues in the future. And businesses are just the same. They need that strength that good foundations give. So this week, our pillar is trust. And I'm joined by Chris Morn of IPRAC to talk about why it's such a critical component in our industry from the perspective of both owners and guests. So without further ado, let's go straight on over to my great discussion with Chris. So I am super happy to have with me once again, Chris Morn of IPRAC. It's an absolute pleasure to have you back, Chris. I think it was two years ago that you were last on. We've had your mm. managing director, Neely Khan, on yes. a little maybe about a year ago. So yeah. we wanted to bring you on as part of this Trust Week to share with us your thoughts on the whole topic of trust. As you've just said to me in our discussion beforehand, you've been studying trust for over a decade. So it's going to be really interesting to chat to you. But I wanted to kick off by asking you just to share what your businesses are at the moment. I saw a great LinkedIn post the other day where you're talking about having five businesses, two of which have failed, two of which are one one you sold and two of which are still running. Can you just share that with us? Yeah, Yeah, sure. So, well, my first business was AES Events Group. So that's where my property management and events company, which is based in the south of France. So that's the one that's running like, you know, like close to 24 years. And I'm still the CEO of that business. We manage 250 properties, but we're in the corporate world of like the luxury market. So we serve clients like Google, Twitter, Spotify, some big brands who come to Cannes for the big events. And we provide them with all of their like accommodation and logistics and everything. So we've been doing that for like 24 years. And Halfway through that, I started a company called RPN, which stood for Riviera Property Network. And I launched that, decided to find that because of the trouble I had trying to find my own house to buy in 2006. So it was really struggling. There was properties listed on portals that weren't, that when we'd go to visit, they weren't matching the, mm-hmm. the actual description of the property. There was, you know, people trying to sell you things that they didn't, that you didn't really want. So I decided that I would build a niche portal that would solve that problem. And so I built that and we sold that for 24 million in 2012 to a big portal in France. So that was like, I got out of that quite easily because they were approaching me. I started a marquee rental business, which failed because there was just not a big enough market for it. And then I decided to start IPRAC. And IPRAC was basically part of a solution to the short-term rental industry because fraud was just such a big problem that I didn't realize, to be honest, at the time. But when I witnessed fraud for the first time, when that family arrived in Cannes and they'd spent like £15,000 on a villa that basically didn't exist. They arrived in Cannes and just didn't have anywhere to stay. And they called our office because they found us on Google, told us the problem. We got them down to our office. We helped them out and different things. But it was at that point I, I was thinking, how did this happen? And I, I didn't understand it. £15,000 lost. So I started investigating that and realized that there was a big problem in the short-term rental industry. So I thought, let me try and solve that. So I invested 
500,000 of my own money at the start. I mean, that's increased now. But yes, to build IPRAC, the, the certification platform, which is uh, ongoing now, and we've built that to like just over 15,000 members across 28 countries. So, I mean, and I'm still the CEO of that, but I've took a step back as Neely starts to nourish mm-hmm. and do her thing and she's going to take it to the next level. That is that is so interesting. Um, we, we would, we've just been talking about trust and, and how this business has changed over the years. Give me mm. a sort of a, a helicopter view of how you feel the business has changed in respect of trust in the past few years. What's happened, you know, since COVID? Mm. I think even before COVID, I mean, I think... The, the growth of the industry has happened like massively because of the fact that there's no barrier to entry. Mm-hmm. So when there's no barrier to entry to any industry, it's like the Wild West. So it's really, really difficult to pinpoint who's legitimate, who says what they say they're going to do, who backs it up what they say they're going to do. And what this has done is this has caused like a, a ripple effect across the industry for guests and consumers to think, I just don't know. Now, a lot of people talk about, oh, they go to the OTAs because they trust the OTAs. That's not always the case. They just trust the OTA a little bit more than Booking Direct. It doesn't mean that like they're 100% trusting in the OTA because they hear of the fact that OTAs have problems. And mm-hmm. again, when you're on an OTA, you just feel that there's more security. So if something goes wrong, but there's still a lot of uncertainty that goes on in the consumer mindset. So that's where the problem is. It's the level of that, the level of uncertainty that's gone into our industry because of the multiple players mm-hmm. in the industry now. So there's more inventory, there's more operators, there's more management companies. You know, there's more companies making it easier for property management companies to enter the space. No barrier to entry. So all of a sudden, the growth of the short-term rental industry over the last five years, and even after COVID has just gone through the roof. But I don't believe that it's good growth. I don't think it's positive growth. That's the difference. So I think the industry's got a lot of problems that we need to, to try and solve through trust, mm-hmm. through differentiation of professionals, so that we can kind of you know steer the ship towards not making it easy for just anybody just to enter the space and say, I'm now a property manager. Because as we know, y- you need to have experience to be a property manager a professional one at least yeah that i mean we've we've had this discussion you know we've both had decades of experience Mm. and there's many property management companies out there that have had these decades of experience and i I listened to a podcast probably about six months ago where one of these new people into this industry and he's making quite a name for himself but basically called us, you know, not the old guard, which I agree, perhaps, you know, traditional property managers, but it was very derogatory to the traditional property managers and said, you know, they're outdated. They need to get out of this business because we're coming in. Ah, okay. And it was, uh, you know, I, I listened to it. I was pretty shocked by it. And, uh, you know, what, what are your thoughts on that? Because it does seem that there is this big divide between this you know maybe as the old guard the people who have been have spent years well, amassing experience and those you who know, the have- business has changed the business has changed you know i mean when we started the OTAs didn't exist uh-huh. <laughs> yeah right so th- there was no other way but to book direct 
and to build trust and to build reputation and to build, you know, like that business on the value of like any other business. So OTAs came in and streamlined the marketing platform so that it made people it it made people a lot easier to operate within the space. You know, so I think if you turn around to these new people who are operating now, maybe they have a point. I'm not saying that they're wrong, but I think you learn a lot more about property management and hospitality and running a company like a service accommodation company or a property management company when you've done the hard knocks. Mm-hmm. Because I think if you're running a business that's pretty much 85, 90% reliant on an OTA, you don't have a business. You're a provider. You're a service provider to a bigger business. Mm-hmm. And that meaning like the OTA. Because if the OTA decided to pull you the next day, the lack of control that you have when you're reliant on an OTA is crazy. Absolutely crazy. And I mean... If you have a business conversation with these people, maybe they're turning over money because everything's because it's okay. They've got property. The OTAs are sending the money. But if they look at it from a business point of view, I would say that you don't have any control when you have blocking a calendar, right? Blocking your calendar for let's say one of your best properties for two weeks in August, and you're not getting a euro, a dollar, or a pound. The client, the customer, the guest is paying. The OTA hold it. Mm-hmm. And the OTA holding that money for their uh, because that's their trust policy. So they'll release it to the operator once the guest arrives and they're in the and they're in the apartment or the villa and everything's okay. Okay, now you can have your money. I've heard that's not even the case. Now I think it's even after mm-hmm. they check out, you might get the money. So what business model are you running if you're allowing that to happen? Because cash flow, as you know, how can you, how, what are you supposed to do with that? Like you can't block one of your top properties in January for two weeks in August without any money. Now, I don't say that you do that at the start, but anybody who's got any business sense would be looking at that thinking, I'm going to use this model to build a direct booking model because it's hard to build a direct booking model. But the OTA can help you with that if you are using the OTA, converting and using your marketing strategy to be able to bring them back as direct bookings. That's possible. Not easy, but it's it's possible. But if you just keep relying on the OTA, then tomorrow you couldn't have a business. So how do people think that's a good strategy when you don't have any control? If you ask any business person, going back to Warren Buffett, to you know a Microsoft founder, anybody who's got any business sense would look at it and go, that's a bad strategy. But so, we've been told all along that this is, you know... Since yeah. since what 2014 2015 when Airbnb came along that this 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 was the business model because we'll look after it all Absolutely. and we'll just send you the Absolutely. money. But yeah. let's go back to the beginning a bit and let's go back to trust because the OTAs are, are saying all along you can trust us. Don't do direct booking yeah. because you can't trust these cowboys out there who are mm-hmm. offering their properties to you without all our protection. Mm-hmm. So, you know, let's be practical. Uh, independent owners, small property managers have to instill the similar levels of trust in their guests if they're going to encourage direct bookings. How can they do this? What What's the starting point to say, well, you know, book? I want you to book through me. You can trust yeah. me. And they go, well, you know, where's your guarantee? Where's your where's your promise? 
Well, a lot of the time, this is the, this is the problem that a lot of direct booking companies have because it, it's not always that like the promise can be there, okay? But most people are looking at it's like, okay, so what happens if something goes wrong? Are you going to fulfill your promise? Because this is where, see, it's you know, like trust is something where you have to you can you can talk about it, you can say that you're trustworthy, but at the same time, a guest is really looking for a third party to monitor what's going on. And that's why the OTA is a better option for a lot of guests because they feel that if something goes wrong, they've got a company, a brand that they can contact. Now, whether that's whether that's a great service that the OTA is offering or not, never had to do it. But a guest is always looking for that selfish, because, you know, a guest selfish. They're looking for all the protection in the world. And if you can't provide them with it, mm-hmm. i.e. Cancel a, a, a structured cancellation policy, payment guarantees, you know, like a professional certification, then they're looking, they're just not going to book directly with you because there's just, it's just too risky. And the level of uncertainty is just too high. And that's the problem that these direct, like people trying to get direct bookings have. They believe, they think that just having a quality website is enough. But it isn't. And I'll say something. There's two there's two ways for this trust factor that's to work. Because when a guest arrives on your direct booking website, okay, the first trust factor that comes into play is does that guest trust themselves, trust themselves, not the, not the operator, does that guest trust themselves to know they're on the right website? Mm-hmm. Like, is this website the solution to what I'm trying to find? Now, if you look a lot like on, on um, booking direct websites today, you could go on there and you kind of think, is this New York? Is it? I don't know. So there's no. So they're not trusting themselves first. Mm-hmm. So they can. So they could leave. You know. So there's. They've got. So you've got to make sure that when somebody arrives on your direct booking website, that they know straight away that they're in the right place for what they need to solve, their accommodation problem in New York, in Las Vegas, in London, wherever it is. So it's got to be very clear that they're on the right side. Then they start the subconscious due diligence. That's when they start looking at your website. And subconsciously, there's going to be a lot of alarm bells going on. If they see spelling mistakes, if they see a website that doesn't look good, if they don't see any kind of, if the photos don't look very good, if the reviews aren't, displayed very well and trust has been it's been ingrained into all of us through our parents tv just life in general so we all have 80 percent of the same traits when it comes down to trust so if you see a really bad website i know for a fact you're not going to book on there right 80 percent of people are just going to go no so there's so much work that a direct booking operator like a, a property manager to get direct bookings got to do because he must must attract the trust through professionalism through reputation through the trust signals and that and i believe that a lot of the property managers out there today they don't build their website with trust at the forefront of the booking process what we call is the subconscious due diligence I love that. And, I, li- I like subconscious yeah. due diligence. 
Yeah, and 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 it's something that we understood very quickly when we did some research on how people go about doing their own looking for an apartment to rent. And it's actually quite, and it's, there's, a, there's actually a lot of stress involved from a guest point of view, arriving on a website, they don't know how to navigate it, they don't know whether they can trust it, they don't know whether their payments are going to, so they click off mm-hmm. and they don't come back, you know? So, but a lot of this is subconscious because they're not, they're not looking specifically to think, oh, I don't trust them. It's a subconscious thought that comes into the conscious. So you, you, you're battling against the, the, the tide, trying to get somebody's attention to think, I like what I see, right? That's the first part. I like what I see. And then they go on the journey of looking at the properties. I still like what I see. Then they go to the, I still like what I see. And this is why the journey of a website is so important. When you see some people with a beautiful homepage, like they've invested 10,000 in a homepage and paid the grandma to do the rest of the pages. Do you know what I mean? So there's <laughs> I've no seen continuity. many of them. Absolutely. So, you, you, so you, you're never going to convince somebody. You might get the trust on the homepage, but as soon as they click onto About Us or trust or the trust page or the, or the booking process and they see that's really limited, they're going to think, ah, no. You know, subconscious due diligence is telling me that I should not be booking here, mm-hmm. you know? Because we all know how the brain works in terms of the psychology of trust is the brain is looking to protect us from making crazy, silly decisions, right? So there's no way that somebody's going to make that decision to book if their brain's telling them, hmm, just don't know. There's something not, you know, that I'm not fully engaged in here. So you've got to make sure that your website is giving off the impression that like they feel that they're the where they want to be and they like what they see. Right. And a lot of the time operators build that website to their satisfaction, not what a guest is looking for. So it's like, Oh, I've just built this beautiful website. Yeah. But your trust signals are in the wrong place. Your homepage is wrong. All the information is b- below the fold. Your contact us page is really limited. You haven't got your company registration number. You've got a mobile number as the contact. It's a, it's not, it's a Gmail email. You know, all of these little things that just look that's in, and you're going and I'm going to pay you $5,000 of my money. It's not happening. So they leave. And I know for a fact today, that a lot of people talk about direct bookings and they, they basically just lie about the percentage of direct bookings that they've got. It's, it's clear. You know, they're, they're OTA reliant and they and that's it, you know, and they don't know how to mm-hmm. transfer that over to direct bookings because they've become so accustomed to the OTA way, they don't know how to start looking at how do you convert an OTA reliant business to a direct booking business. You know, trust trust is the main factor. Reputation is key. But if you're not given the trust and the guarantees that anybody else would give, then people are just not going to book directly. So trust is the key factor, but you've got to display it all the way through your website, all the way through to everything, to the end, to the booking process, and have your trust signals in the right place. I'm going to take a short break just now to hear about our sponsor. We're going to be right back with more from this great interview in just a few moments.
if something catastrophic happens to the property that makes it uninhabitable and you have to cancel rentals, this could be a really hard nut to swallow if the owner doesn't have the right insurance. Can you explain the difference between loss of rents cover and loss of business revenue? Yeah, so loss of rents and loss of business income, although similar conceptually, are vastly different in the insurance world. And this, again, goes back to how much risk are you going to transfer onto the insurance company? So loss of rents is designed and written primarily for long-term rentals that have an average rental market in your area, your zip code, your state, your province, wherever. Loss of rents pays at a fair market value capped at 12 months. So for long-term rentals, maybe that fair market value is $2,000 a month. Your home gets shut down, they're paying you that average rent. Loss of business income is solely based on you, the business operator in your business. My short-term rental operates at X, your short-term rental operates at Y. We both have the same claim and the same loss. I get paid X, you get paid Y. We are not getting paid a fair market average. So lost business income is a superior coverage. You will pay more for that, but it's going to pay you dollar for dollar based on what your business is generating, not what the fair market average is, like the loss of rents would pay out on the insurance forms. Okay, let's talk about these trust signals. I mean, I I talk a lot about an about us page, and I'm you know yeah. I, I can get on my little soapbox about about us page because when I if I'm yeah. if I'm buying from any company, the first page I look at is about us. I want to know yeah. who's behind this business. Are they real people? For me, it may not be the same for everybody, but for me, that is the biggest trust signal. If I can relate yeah. to this. You know, there's photographs of of the people. There's a yeah. there's a story of why they're doing yeah. it and why they yeah. love it so much. But I, yeah. I want to hear about that about us and the other trust signals mm-hmm. that we sh- that people should yeah. be incorporating. I mean, I would say an about us page is a very important page. I, I, I don't disagree with that. But I would say, from a psychology point of view, right, in terms of trust, that if there was a trust page and an abandoned about us page, the trust page would get clicked first. So what's on the trust the reason, page? Well, this I'll get to that. Okay. So basically, if you turn if you're talking about trust as in why trust us, you can't just put trust page because I mean like somebody's not going to understand it, right? So you've got to put why trust us. Now, the word trust, when somebody's thinking about giving you their money, the word trust is you're homing in on that word because you know what it means. You know, it's, you know that if you trust somebody, it's good. So it, the moment you see the word trust, your brain's going to home in on that. That's for sure. So when you're talking about a trust signals, you've got to start that off from the start as soon as somebody arrives on that website. Okay, so if you can imagine arriving on somebody's website, the first trust signal I believe is the best one, which is above the fold on the left, which would say, of our guests book direct because they trust us. Here's why. Now, if you read that, you're going to go, I want to know why, right? Because 89% is a high number, right? So they're obviously thinking, well, if 89% of their guests are booking direct, it means they're doing something right. It means they're trustworthy because otherwise 89% wouldn't be booking, right? 
So as soon as they see that, they're going to click on it and go to your trust page. Your trust page is all about sales to a degree, okay? Because we all know that trust is what you've got to win first before you can sell, okay? Before anybody's going to book an apartment with you, they're going to want to know that they can trust who you are. So the trust page, that's when you start. It can, you know, it. I would say it could probably interlink a little bit with an About Us page. But if you can imagine thinking that as soon as you arrive on this trust page, it's like, okay, trust is the pillar of our business, okay? We find trust is the most important factor because we want our guests to be feel safe, secure, and that they can trust us. And for us, for us to enable that, we've invested in Certification X. What is this? Why did we do this? What is it? What is our mission statement? Why are we in hospitality? What is the, our cancellation policy? What does our review say? Look at our last five reviews. So basically, you're building a page that people just look at and get confidence from. So you're not trying to sell any product. You're not trying to show them a sea view apartment or a hot tub or, or anything or a lovely living room with you know, nothing like that. You're basically trying to showcase confidence, reputation, who we are, why we do what we do. This is we've invested, like, for example, a lot of our members have why we invested in IPRAC. What is IPRAC? What benefits to you as IPRAC? This is our community. This is what we do. We sponsor a local football team. They get a feeling that they're with a company that they can trust, right? So mission statements are great because that shows that where you're heading, who the founders are, why you got in there. For me, that's engaging. And also on that page, you should be inviting them for a video call. Call us on video. Let's go through what your requirements are. So you're inviting them to contact you. Mm -hmm. You're not hiding away. You're not hiding away from like, you know, book with, you know, instant book. Leave the people the option to contact you if they want, you know, because they'll feel that even if they don't contact you, they'll look at that and think they're open to that, which is good. Because if anybody's open, give me a call. Give me a call. We'll go through it. If you, if you like a property, give us a call. We'll go through it. So you're building that rapport and reputation and comfort so people feel that they're in the right place, okay? And then you can take them to, now you can trust us, let's have a look at our properties. And then you can take them to your services, property pages, and all the way along during that, things like the, the like on your photographs, things like the, the photographs of this property were last taken six months ago. Put the date. Mm-hmm. Put the date so that it shows that, ah, this isn't photographs that were taken in 2006 after 7,000 rentals. And now this kind of, and now the sofa's not like that. So show people that you care by saying the last, you know, every six months we redo the photos. These photos were took on the 4th of April, 2023. They'll look at that and go, well, they're a good, so we're now in June. There can't be that much of a difference between April and June. So they feel comfortable with that. So that's a trust signal, you know. Always have your certification following them down the road, you know, following them down the page so that they could always see that we're certified as a professional short-term rental provider. Visuals are really important because people, as people are navigating a website, they can lose trust instantly. You know, just something can just like go, I don't like that, I'm gone. 
didn't like that. It's you, you know, so you've you've got to keep them on the trust hook, and that's why you know Amazon do it amazingly well. I mean, you know, I mean Amazon's not the best website in the world, but when you go on Amazon, the trust signals are pretty clear, and you get from search to checkout within minutes, and it arrives sometimes the same day. You know what I mean? So their trust is like through the roof, you know. But as you're navigating that website, you must not let two or three pages pass, like on that booking journey, without keeping the, the trust signals in place. And if you do, that's when you can lose the, the, the trust factor and people just might think, oh. And then when they get to the payment page, this is the big one. Because most of the people drop off your website when it's time to pay. Because that's when the decision is coming. That's when it's like there's no going back type thing. It's a little bit like when you go on a roller coaster. You're okay when you're in the queue, aren't you? You're a little bit nervous. But then all of a sudden when it's like your turn to get in there, that's when you see so many people jumping over the railings and saying, no, I'm not doing it. You know, because it happens. They're just the fear, the uncertainty, it's like, no, it's, it's, hit, it's, it's hit its peak. It's the same when you get to a booking when you have to pay on a website. So the fact when somebody has to pay, that's when you've got to you've got to outline to them that your payments are protected through our certification or through this particular insurance. Our cancellation policy is here. Click on it before you pay. Have a look. Any questions? He's the frequently asked questions. So you're really just kind of giving people that confidence and you're not forcing the payment, but you're giving people the opportunity to feel that they're booking with trust, with confidence, and then that booking could go through. And I think you've also got to outline that you're using like platforms like Stripe or, or, or PayPal so that they know that it's like their credit card and tell them on that page, we do not take your credit card. Mm-hmm. It's done, it, like we don't see the numbers. Remember years and years and years ago, we yes. used to take, we used to have to, we used to take the number and put it in the machine and charge it and we'd have that. We, and that client would trust us to throw that in the bin or file it in our filing cabinet and hold it for 10 years. You know, that doesn't happen anymore. So you've got to outline these things because, oh, I'm going to give them my credit card number. No, we don't receive your credit card number. It's done through it, it's done through Stripe. We don't see it. So, ah, that's that. You know, it's because these are all the questions of the uncertainty that mm-hmm. people have. And if you're not answering the uncertainty, then that's where the booking fails. I mean, I have... I, I always say to people that my trust equation is that uncertainty is the killer of conversion. Trust removes uncertainty. Yeah, that is great. I just want to take you back a little bit. You mentioned about this top right, top left, top right of the... Top left. Your eyes go from left to right when you're reading. And this is where you put, you know, direct how many percentage of your direct bookings how many percentage mm. of your bookings are direct ones what happens if you're starting out you know you, you've said okay i am going to do this thing i'm going to move to a direct book website i'm going to set this up and i'm going to work at earning the trust of people coming to the site you don't have that percentage that you can put up there you just change the wording you change you, you know you change you change the wording why why should you trust us yeah, it, it's it's it, you know, it's like, I mean, it, it, once again, it's like, I mean, 89 percent. Some people might say, but I don't have 89 percent. 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, so then don't lie. There's one thing about trust is don't lie. And you might, some people might call it clever marketing, but it's just, but if you're lying, you're lying. You know, that, that's, that's just a basic fact. So it's better to use the wording that suits trust. People are attracted to that word. So if they're considering booking with you and you've got, you know, like our guests trust us, here's why, then people are going to look at it and go, I want validation of that. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for trust. I'm looking for certainty. This is where I'm going to get it. So you've really got to transfer people from that homepage to that trust page. And that's where you've got, because we have to understand, like, when you've got a website, that's your virtual real estate, isn't it? It's like you're, you could be sat, you could be asleep, you could be out for dinner with a family, you could be out with friends, whatever it is, whatever it is. But somebody, somewhere, could be sitting on your website and they could be going through it with their partner or with, you know, and looking at it going, what do you think of this property? What do you think of this property? And then you've got the husband saying, no, nah, I prefer just to go with Airbnb. I don't trust this company. You've got all of this going on when you don't even know. So once again, the subconscious due diligence, you've got to cover all of the angles in your website so that when somebody's sitting in the comfort of their own home, looking at your virtual real estate, like they have the time. So they're not running through your website quickly. Once you've captured them, they're kind of like going through the whole journey. And then they're going to look at your About Us page. They might do a Google search on your business. They might look at it and think, let's just check this IPRAC certification number. Oh, the IPRAC approved. And they're going to go on, they're going to do the due diligence. Don't, don't think that they're not, because nobody's just going to throw $5,000 at you or euros or pounds without doing it. And they might even go on your website and then sleep on it. And that's another thing. So the, you've got to validate through the website. And it's not all about like glossy photos and, and descriptions. It's about using trust content. And Neely talks about this a lot. It's like when people read, if you read a website today, short-term rentals, you don't see the word trust a lot. Mm-hmm. You just don't see the word trust. But you can, if you use it often enough, if you use it seven times within your, on, a, on one page or between seven and 12 times on one page, that word resonates. Use it once, it's just like, it's just like using uh, Seaview. But if you use it seven times, so trust content is about using the right words to engage with potential guests so that they feel drawn to who you are as a brand and that they think, you know, because either way, it's a bit of a risk, isn't it? Until they've actually checked Mm -hmm. in. Well, really, so what you're trying to do is minimize the level of uncertainty that people think, you know what, let's go with this one. Let's Let's, rent this one directly. Let's talk about reviews because... yeah. I, I know when I was choosing choosing a hotel to evacuate to the other day, the other day when there was a tornado watch, yeah. I could only find a two star hotel that would accept my seventy five pound German Shepherd. So there was there's a level of you know expectation there. It's a two star hotel, yeah. and I was not too comfortable with it. I wasn't too comfortable with the location, so I, I read the reviews and the reviews swung it. The reviews swung my decision to go to this this hotel rather than paying five times as much to go somewhere that was going to charge three times as much to house my dog for the night as it was to charge yeah. me. Okay. So, you know, I, I find personally that reviews are, are really important in 
helping me to trust yeah. um, a company as a consumer. And I know you've been commenting recently on reviews and the whole review system yeah. in uh, LinkedIn. So I'm, I'm interested to yeah. see wh- how, you, how significant are guest reviews in building and maintaining trust? Very. Well, they, they are. They're, they're very significant and they work. They are a conversion tool, absolutely. But love this property bright and airy. That's not a review, right? Don't, you don't want that on your website. So what's, you know, because a review is somebody taking the time out, right, to give you the review because, one, you deserve it, and, two, they want to, mm-hmm. and, three, they give a real understanding of what they've, the service they've just received. Now, when I see people putting out, like, five-star review and above it, it's just got like that, you know, great place, great service, uh, lovely view. What's five-star about that? Nothing. So if you want to get good reviews, then you, for one, you've, you've got to do the job, right? You can't be asking people for a five-star review. Give a review that you feel is relevant to the service that you've just received, right? But a real good technique to do this, because a lot of people think that writing a review is easy, and it's not always easy. So even though somebody might want to write a review, they don't know what to do. So a real good technique to, to get good reviews is to say, look what the last guest said, right? And they look at it and get ideas mm-hmm. from the last guest, right? So the last, so what you want to do is you want to type out that review to what, it, it's a little bit like a sponsorship form. You know, when somebody comes and says, sponsor me 20 pounds, and then somebody gives you like five pounds and then underneath you make a false one and you put 50 pounds. The person coming next is thinking, I've got to put 50 pounds because I don't feel comfortable not doing it. You know what I mean? So it, it's the same with the review. You're giving them an idea of like what a good review is. So they'll go, oh, I like that. We'll get some ideas from that. But a, a good review is detailed and it mentions the name of the business and the name of the people who who – made the service exceptional. Then it becomes a review that you believe. Because I could put out 10 reviews on a table and say to you, Heather, which reviews here are authentic? Mm-hmm. And I bet you any money you could choose them out. Because you'd, just, you'd, you'd see the, the, the detail, the devil in the detail. You'd be able to say, oh, you know, we arrived, we were, met by, we were met by Heather, amazing. You know, we went into the apartment, the living room was spotless. And it, they tell a story, we had dinner in the apartment, it was beautiful, the kitchen was magnificent. This is what a review should sound like. Not bright and airy, would stay again. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's not, that's not going to get somebody else thinking, I want to stay here. So, so you've got to get people to give you the right review. And if you get the right reviews, they will 100% use for trust and conversion. But if the reviews are wrong and they're not authentic and the person hasn't given any detail, they're not going to work just because there's a five star next to it. Because most guests, they're not stupid. So they, they need a little bit more than three lines to decide whether or not I mean, well, we'll go back to what you were just saying there with the hotel. What was the review? What were the reviews like you were reading on the hotel? They used words like safe. I felt right. safe here. 
it was newly renovated and it was clean and you know they, these are some practical things for me there were there were there was hard flooring and no carpets for for the dog but certainly yeah. safety welcoming we were welcomed yeah. at the front desk by Tracy yeah that's we, you know it's the, authentic yes yes and in fact that is the review that I then wrote I wrote almost you know it it, it I don't think I looked at yeah. the others, but I did write an almost identical review. You know, I was it was safety from the storm. That's what I was looking at, looking for. I got safety. It exceeded my expectations. And that and your review is going to be the reason somebody else books that hotel. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Because so you didn't just say you didn't just say solved a problem, probably would stay again, mm-hmm. five stars. Yeah. What, what, the, door, the, the, the star rating in the, in, the, in the actual context of the review don't match, you know? So you've got to get, you've got to indicate to, the, to your guests that, you know, give us a review. But if you're just saying give us a review, maybe that person has no idea how to write a review. Mm-hmm. So, so you point. can just say, look what the last guest, look what the last guest said. Yeah. And, and I'll guarantee they'll read it and they'll go, I'll, I'll take I agree with that. The sea view was amazing. The kitchen was large and spacious. The bedrooms were comfortable. So they're going to go and kind of write a similar review that will work. So I agree reviews are really strong if they're done right. And as a property manager, you must be trying to get the right review back and help in guiding the guests to do the right review that's going to work for your business in the future. And you must be replying to reviews, positives, negative reviews, positive reviews. If you're not, if you're just going to say thanks, then that's like, oh, oh don't really appreciate that. Yeah, you know? really, really so important, those, those, sometimes those replies. Yeah, the reply is just as important as the review because it shows that you as a brand and you as a company have took time out to reply to that guest and thank them for their you know, for their review, but also validate the fact that you're really excited and you're happy that they enjoyed their stay, you know? And one of the re- one of the ways that we, I mean, I built my business was because I've always looked at my business thinking I'm not interested in where we're going right so much. I really want to know where we're going wrong and where we can improve. So when you can turn around to a guest and say, we're an educational, like, you know, we're a, we're a service-based company. We're always wanting to improve, and we know we can. But with your help, we can improve for your next day. Where would you advise us where we could mm-hmm. improve? And a lot of people don't like to get negative feedback, but it isn't negative. It's positive because you can turn it into a positive. But guests, don't be just like, you know, like be like frightened to get negative review. Where can we improve? Mm-hmm. Because if you can get that information you will improve your trajectory to, to, to growth will be so much quicker with that kind of feedback than it would be if you don't ask them questions. And then you can really get into a conversation in that review where, you know, where can we, you know, how can we do better, you know, and they come back and, you know, there's a little bit of a conversation going there, which has built that trust. And, and I think that's important for somebody on the outside looking at that review that look at it and go, I like that conversation. It's not just like a terrible review, thank you, end of. That's like, you know, that's not, that's not hospitality. You made some great points, Chris, and brilliant. Our time 
unfortunately is is um running out now and i want to hear a little bit more about iprac before we wrap up i had a whole load of questions that i i just haven't got around to answering but i think you've done such a great job of delivering the tips that people actually need to go back to their sites and say okay do i have my trust signals in there and do Mm. i have a page that talks about why you should trust us and do i have this right in the front of my home page so you know, I'm encouraging everybody that's listening to this to do that, to to look at your site in terms of yeah. what Chris has been talking about. You know, does it meet all these criteria? But you've talked a num- on a number of, um, you, you've dropped in on a number of occasions about the certification. I yeah. love this idea. Um, you know, the trust signal <laughs> on a site where it was always, you know, BBB, Better Business Bureau. Are you a member? Are you yeah. a member of, you know, of your local rental alliance is there a network Mm. that you belong to these are some of of the trust signals but having a certificate on there that says you know i have been what do you do monitored or i have have been inspected or certified and what that means is important so so share with us now what what the iprax certification brings to um, an owner operator yeah well the first thing to understand with what IPRAG does is when we built it, is that there's accountability to it. So if a guest is booking through an IPRAG member, their booking is guaranteed. Payments, their payments are guaranteed through our underwriter. So like against fraud. Okay. So one of the biggest problems that people have is that you can put a logo on your website or, you know, we're part of the business bureau with oh, this or that. But what happens, I want to know what happens if something goes wrong. What does the business bureau do if something goes wrong? What does this alliance company do if something goes wrong? Because it's all right having the logo, but what, what happens if something goes wrong? Do they just say, oh, you've got to speak to them, oh, you've got to speak to them? It's like, no. That's not, what, that's not building a guarantee into the certification. So one of the reasons when we built IPRAC was that it could not just be a logo. There's no point. Right, ab to ab to have it. It's just a logo that can be copied. It's easy. It's like we're ab- there's no certification in terms of like how they can check a member is literally certified. So w- when we built IPRAP, we made sure that each individual logo is unique, so they have their membership number in the logo. On the IPRAP website, you can actually type in that logo and see the profile of the member. So it shows the the phone number of the member the last five digits of the bank account that's registered on IPRAC so that they can pay to that bank account safely, the email addresses, the addresses of the, 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 the business, the directors, the name, the founder, so much information. That gives you that opportunity to check it out. But from a guest point of view, you can register your booking for free and get a guest certificate and get a booking certificate. And that's the guarantee. So you're not just saying that we're in a certification we're guaranteeing that the guests are protected. Mm-hmm. And if something happens, when the, when the guest registers their booking, they receive a certificate, they receive information on what to do if something goes wrong with the rental. They know exactly what to do if they arrive and something goes wrong. And in seven years, we've never had it. So that shows that all of the members who have come through the doors are the people who want to operate at a high level. So we are differentiating that way. And that's the key. It's having the accountability. So if you can show the IPRAC certification on your website, it's not just a logo. 
but you've got to educate your guests about it. You've got to show them why it became IPRAC certified and what the benefits are. Because if you don't, they won't understand it. So that's why the trust page comes in. But it, it's it, it for me, it's the only way because it's third party managed. So we even though like the guest is dealing directly with the operator, the guest knows that if something goes wrong, they can call IPRAC. Mm-hmm. So, so deal with it. So, so what do um, somebody's interested in uh, in this certification? What do they have to do? They just need to go to the uh, IPRAC website, which is www.i-prac.com, and all the information is on there. And I mean, I would highlight the resource hub that we have on the IPRAC website because we've put. I mean, there must be two. There must be two hundred articles on there about all about why trust is important, how to do trust signals. You know, we did the Trust Trilogy mm-hmm. uh, series, which was like three massive articles about how to build trust. So, I mean, sometimes when I'm on a podcast, I kind of think I don't even know where to start. But we've all, we've put, we've documented everything so that if you really are interested in understanding like more about trust, then I would suggest not just to go and book and get IPRAC certified, it's to go into the resource hub and start educating yourself about the importance of it and why it is important. And then if you feel that IPRAC is suitable to what you're trying to achieve, then you can go and... um, Because that's what we do. We don't try to sell IPRAC. We try to educate people around it, around trust, and IPRAC comes into that place. So it's part of a trust strategy, not only, but, you know, a trust strategy does include IPRAC for sure. That is great. I will put information on IPRAC on the show notes. And of course, this being Trust Week, there is a lot more information out there. Some of the articles we are syndicating this week. So if you're listening to this on the week of publication, then definitely go to uh, vacationrentalformula.com forward slash trust and you will see a list of all the articles and other materials and resources that we are producing for this particular week. But it's not just a week. Mm. It is something that goes on through the course of your business. And I just want to thank Chris for being with us. He is a mine of amazing information on the whole topic of trust. And and I know we'll have you back on the podcast at some time in the future, Chris. Follow Chris on LinkedIn. There is so much. He's he's very prolific, I think is the word. Prolific on LinkedIn. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because that's the only one I do. You know, yeah. you don't find me on TikTok. You don't, you don't find me on Instagram. I just don't have the time for all that. But I do like to show up on LinkedIn and, and share my knowledge of what I've done over the last 25 years with building my own business. So yeah. it's, it's all knowledge that I want to share. Well, take what you want from it. And not with, you know, it's, it's so. certainly worthwhile following. So Chris, thank you so much for joining me. It's been an absolute pleasure, pleasure talking with you. Thank you. Well, thank you, Chris Morn from IPRAC for a great discussion. My goodness, there were some great nuggets in there and some really good quotes. I'm going to have to go back over the entire transcript and pull out some of those little nuggets. Yeah, things like subconscious due diligence, which I'd never thought about. And another one is um, keeping them on the trust hook. 
So I will go through the transcript and pull out some of those quotes and I'll be using them. And particularly in this trust week, I think it's it's really important that we do that. We take out these gems that these experts are coming up with and we use them and I'll be using them in uh, blog posts and social media posts and other things in the weeks to come because this may be just one trust week that we're in but the essentials of trust either with guests or with owners are the basis of a really successful and impactful company so you've got to get this part right If you don't get this part right and you don't have the trust of your guests or your owners, if you're a property management company, then you are missing out and you're certainly failing at some levels. So keep that in mind. Look at your website, look at all your materials, whether they're online or offline, and make sure that that word trust is appearing consistently. Okay, that's it for this episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast in this trust week of the Stir Crazy Month. And I hope that you will listen to all the other podcasts this month on the topics of safety, insurance, regulations and sustainability. And remember that these are the pillars of your business. Thanks for listening, guys. I'll see you next week. That was some amazing information, and we hope you'll take the chance to implement some of these ideas in your short-term rental business in 2024. Don't forget to connect and give our thanks to our platinum sponsor for Stir Crazy Month, Proper Insurance. Click the link in the description of this episode to connect with the team at Proper for a no-obligation chat. It's been a pleasure as ever being with you. If there's anything you'd like to comment on, then join the conversation on the show notes for the episode at vacationrentalformula.com. We'd love to hear from you. And I look forward to being with you again next week.